trying to get my thing working up here. It will, it will, it will. Give me one second, guys. But in the meantime, good morning. I'm sure um, I'm sure technology will cooperate in a moment. But good morning, everyone. Uh, thanks for um, joining us uh, this morning. Those of you who are with us for the first time, welcome. Welcome. Thanks for being with us uh, this Sunday morning. We are going to start a new series this morning. Last um, last week we ended our series we are uh, we're talking we're talking about identity and uh, and t today we are starting our new series um, uh, fruit that lasts and so um, really been looking forward to this series uh, fruit that will last um, you know it's going to be focused on John 15 and um, and so like I said if technology cooperates here we'll get started Give me just one moment. Do it like the old days? I could. I could certainly do it like the old days. But I just want, I just would like uh, you guys to see what I also spent time to prepare. So, I mean, you know. So if it takes me just one or a couple minutes here. Give me just one second. In the meantime, Micah, can you come and sing another? I was kidding. I'm kidding, bro. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, 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 no. I'm just. I'm joking. I'm joking. No, I know you do. I know you do. That was that was that was just I was totally kidding. I was totally joking. <laughs> All right, we're looking like we're cooking with grease now. All right, cool. All right, so um well first let me just say thank you, Tom, for such a fantastic communion. That was that was great. Um I appreciate I appreciate you. Um you know, um let's go to God in prayer. How about that? Heavenly Father, we come to you in prayer, God, just so grateful to uh, to be together this morning, grateful to be able to open your word, Father, and to and to search your word, God, and to, to look at John 15 this morning and, and all that Jesus uh, said to us in John 15, Father. God, I pray that you'll be with us throughout this entire series and uh, help us to, to understand what it really means to to, to uh, bear fruit that will last, but also be fruit that will last, Father. Uh, thank you so much for your word. Thank you so much for the Holy Spirit. And I pray that uh, your Holy Spirit will be in this place this morning. In your son's name we pray. Amen. Amen. So like I said, in the next five weeks, we will, we will capture this vision that God has for our lives. Uh, this vision is that we can be followers of his for the long haul. The text we will look at, we will dive into for the next five weeks, is John 15, verse 1 through 17. And so what we're going to look at is, is um, for instance, in the first, the first sermon, this is today, it's entitled Chosen, right? Not about the series, um, 
but uh, not about the series on TV chosen, but uh, this message will be chosen and basically just really given this this vision about about fruit and and a good and good Christian character, right? Um, the next sermon is going to be a bountiful harvest and how to have a bountiful life, but also have a bountiful harvest in God's kingdom. God wants us to have a bountiful life, amen? He wants us to have life to the full, a productive life. Uh, sermon three is going to be less is more. Um, trials and difficulties do happen in our lives, but our challenges don't happen without reason. Sermon four is going to be about the nourishment through connection. That we need to be really connected to one another, connected in our neighborhoods. And if you, if you, you know, re- really knew that jumping in a car and driving, say, 20 minutes would change someone's life, would you really do it? And, uh, you know, what you do does matter. God has a purpose for you and he has a vision for you. Sermon 5 is about abounding love. Love can't be beat. It's the answer. Jesus' example allows us to live that kind of love. And so what I want to do this morning before we jump into the passage is just talk a little bit about some context about John 15 because there is quite some context context uh, for John 15. Like there's John, you know, start, let's pretty much start in John 13 through 14. You know, um, you know, this is the middle. Um, well, let, let's 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 consider this. This text is in the middle of a discourse where Jesus is dealing with a lot of emotions that the disciples were encountering. You know, it is is just before Jesus is about to leave the earth. It's Passion Week, right? And it's around Thursday, if you want to call it that, of Passion Week. Right. And weird things are, are happening, like Jesus is washing their feet. Right. We see this in John 13 and also in John 13. Uh, one guy, you know, he leaves at the end of John 13. We see that, you know, Jesus, Judas walks away because, you know, Jesus is kind of talking about him. And he's like, all right, this is me. He's talking about here. And so he kind of walks away. And Peter uh, is talking about not denying Jesus, and Jesus is also talking about about leaving, right, leaving the earth. And, and they're distressed, and they're troubled. And there's uncertainty. There's confusion and despair in John 13. Their hearts were troubled in John 14. And it appears that the disciples didn't even know where they were going, where they were heading. They didn't know what was going on. There's some confusion, and they're like, what are you talking about? You're you're leaving. Where are you going? I mean, are we going with you? We're not going with you. What, what's what's happening, right? And there's this confusion. They didn't know in what direction they were going, and so Jesus tries to comfort them. And one of the big questions that must must have been on the disciples' hearts is, "Can I do this? We've been following you for a while, but can I really do this? Can I accomplish this?" Even with you talking about I'm leaving for a while, I'm going here, I'm going there. Can I do this even on my own? And Jesus was also anticipating that they would struggle with fear and insecurity when they would know how their leader would be treated 
very shortly. In just a few hours, the disciples would not only disown and they not only disown him and deny him, and eventually they would all desert him. And that's the context, really, quite quickly, of John 15. Very serious situation, a lot going on in John 13 and 14, a lot going on there, a lot of emotions flying around, a lot of things happening, right? You know, have you ever been rejected? I'm sure many of us have been rejected in some sort of way, right? Like, like none of us in here can say, nah, I've never been rejected. Never in my life have I been rejected. Right? We've all been rejected somehow. Right? I shared with Dan yesterday. Dan and I had a long talk yesterday about just different things. And I shared about one of the rejections I had when, I, when Claudette and I moved from Jamaica. Um, and we came back and, you know, I, I, I saw some of my old ministry relationships and approached them, approached them. And just the rejection that I felt. I was like, hold on. I thought we were friends, you know. And just the rejection that I felt. And that kind of turned me off from, minute, from ministry for like 15 years. I was like, there's no way I'm going back to ministry. Just forget this thing. Because if that's how ministry people treat each other, I don't want it. And I felt so rejected. And I held on to that for a very long time. But there have been many other times that I felt rejected. That wasn't the only time. And, and when you feel rejected, it, it kind of gets you down in your core. You know, dating relationships, right? Oh. 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 Come on, Tom, you talked about 53 years. So you don't, you don't even remember being rejected, bro. Right? So... So like, so like dating relationships where you get rejected and you're just like, oh man, getting rejected even over text, right? Like, come on now, like text rejections, right? Email rejections, can't even come to your face and say, beat it. They got to say, beat it over text, right? All sorts of rejections like that are just messed up. Job application rejections, they can't even call you back. Right? They just like, like subliminal rejection. Like, like you just send it where you just know you ain't getting that job. Like it ain't going to happen. Right? Just these rejections that are just like, they're just awful. Sporting rejections or, you know, like your, your favorite sporting team, you feel rejected when they lose. Like I've given you my life. I've given you all I have. And you can't win one Super Bowl. You can't even make it to one Super Bowl or championship, right? This rejection, you know. Even even just I remember. So I've I've been an athlete, and I and and so I played a lot of soccer in my life. I played I played in high school. I played a little bit in college. Um, I love soccer. Soccer is like my thing. But basketball, not so much, right? So I played a lot of soccer in New York. But I remember, I just felt like, man, I'm an athlete, so I could probably play some basketball too. But in Manhattan, you ain't playing no basketball if you're just like, eh, right? So I remember going, and I wanted to play some pickup basketball with some of the guys, right? And I, and I get to the court, and they're like dunking and stuff. And I'm like, eh, whatever. I'm, I'm an athlete, so I can play, right? 
And there's this place called the Cage, right? It's like in midtown Manhattan. And it's just high fences, right? And you get there, and they're just dunking. And they're, you know, a lot of NBA players have even, like, gone down there and played, right? And they're dunking. And I'm over there, like, you know, I'm walking up there. I'm, like, pencil thin. And I'm, like, I'm going to play, right? And so it, I was lucky because there wasn't, like, really a crowd there or anything. So, you know, I feel like I could get in the game. And so you know how they pick, right? So yeah, I'll pick you, I'll pick you, I'll pick you. And I'm there like, and I'm looking up at some of them. I'm like, yeah, what about me, you know? Feel, felt rejected, right? Because they get picked last, right? And then so I'm like, you know, playing, and I'm running down the court, and they pass me the ball, and I'm shooting it, and it's like air ball, right? Nothing. And so, you know, like in sports sometimes when your pride is hurt, right? So, like, you'll shoot, and you'll shoot the air ball, right, or something like that, or what they call a brick when it just hits the backboard and just goes somewhere else, right? And so you shoot, and, and you're running back down the court. You're looking at your hands like, <laughs> right? Because you're trying to show everybody that, like, something's just wrong today, right? Like, like what's going on, you know? Like, like something's... Right? And they're looking at you like, come on, man. Just like, just get off the court and we'll just play without you, you know? And like in most sports, that's what you do. Like I play soccer and like if I, if I take a shot and it's bad, I'm like checking my cleats. Like, what's, what's going on with my cleats? Because like, it's never you. You don't re get rejected because of you. Right? It's always the cleats. Something's wrong with my hand today. You know, what is it in golf, bro? Something's wrong with the with the iron. You know, you flip the iron up and you're like brushing it off. Something's wrong with the iron. Yeah, hit a rock, right? Something's wrong with all that. It's never you why you get rejected, right? Like the dating situation, it's not me, it's you. It's not you, it's me. Well, I don't even know, but right? And, right? And so it's, it's never really the core of the situation and, you know, like, even in family, you get rejections, right? We get rejection in our family as well, right? We, 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 it's almost like we live this life of rejection sometimes, and it's painful. Rejection is painful. Imagine for a moment Jesus' rejection. The rejection that Jesus went through for you. Like, in the entire gospel, all the rejection that he went through, in all the gospel, for you to sit here this morning. You know, on the flip side of being rejected, however, is being chosen. And so here are some examples of being chosen, right? We have a daydreamer, J.K. JK Rowling. Daydreamer. She was fired as a secretary because she was a daydreamer. And so she was then rejected, right, by 12 publishers after writing Harry Potter. Her manuscript was later chosen by chairman of Bloomsbury. Her novel, Harry Potter, would later make her a billionaire. She was fired for being a daydreamer. Right? 
how about this this uh, dishwasher, Sidney Poitier? Many of you know him, right? In his first audition, he was told by casting director, why don't you stop wasting people's time and go out and become a dishwasher or something? He was later chosen for a role and went on to win an Oscar for Lilies of the Field in 1964. And then, not, and then shortly after that, 1967's super successful, one of my favorite movies ever, Guess Who's Coming to Dinner. Pretty cool to be chosen, huh? Many of us have been chosen for different things, right? Isn't it cool when you are chosen? Because even though my jump shot wasn't that great, I was still chosen. I got some time to play with the big boys that I was looking up at like this, right? They were slam dunking, and I was running down the court. They didn't pass the ball back to me, but I was still running up and down the court, right? It was cool to be chosen. It was cool to be chosen at a university, to go to a university. It was cool to be chosen to play on the soccer team of that university. It was cool to be chosen to come to Huntsville and to, and to join this family here in this church. It was great to be chosen. Pretty awesome to be chosen. How much more when God chooses you? Let's look at John 15, starting in verse 1. It says, I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes so that it will, it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, Ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. I want to pause right here just for a moment, just to point out one thing that I thought was so interesting in just these verses right here. You notice there's this, there's this interesting progression starting in verse 2 where it's, it starts out with no fruit. And you may notice this progression that's, that starts out with no fruit, then it goes to fruit, then it goes to more fruit, and then later, as we'll see in verse 8, it says much fruit. It's such an interesting prog progression. Verse 2 says, he cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. And then while every branch that does bear what? Fruit. He prunes so that it will do what? Even more fruit. So it goes from no fruit to fruit to more fruit. And then later on, it says, 
bear much fruit. So Jesus is showing this progression from no fruit to much fruit. So, and then now we go to verse 8. This is to my Father's glory that you do what? Bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love. Just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love, I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends for everything that I learned from my father I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit. Fruit that will last. And so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. This is my command. Love each other. Did you guys catch that in verse 16? He says here, you didn't choose me. You didn't just walk up and say, hey, I choose you, Jesus. I choose you. I want to be your son. I want to be your daughter. I want to be baptized in in the name of Jesus Christ. I choose you. He said, no, that's not how it works. He said, I chose you. It is my choice. And I chose you. But not only did I choose you, right? He said, I appointed you. It's not only my choice, but I appointed you to do this. I appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit. So I chose you and appointed you to bear fruit. I appointed you and chose you for this purpose. Not only, no, I, didn't, I didn't just do it for your, I didn't do it for your benefit to make you happy. I chose and appointed you to go and bear fruit. And not just fruit, but fruit that will last. Because sometimes I think our churches and sometimes we can look at Christianity as, oh, thank God, I love you so much, thank you so much, and that's that. Let me go live my life, do what I want. No, he says, no, I chose you and I appointed you. When you're appointed, you're appointed to do something. Right? You're not appointed to just sit down. Have you ever seen somebody be appointed to sit down? I appoint you to sit down. That doesn't happen anywhere. I was an appointed evangelist to sit down. <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> right? You're appointed to do something. 
And he says, look, I chose you and I appointed you to bear fruit. Fruit that will last. And so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. See, but there's a condition. There's a condition to that. Be a disciple. Right? Be a disciple. Bear fruit. See, at the very last part of this message, Jesus emphasizes that he chose them to bear fruit, fruit that will last, especially in light of what will happen in a few days where he'll be raised from the dead. The fact that he chose them would be really uplifting to them. Jesus could have chosen anyone, but he is saying, I chose you. He's saying, I chose you. It is through God's grace that God chooses us out of the world. You know, Tom talked about the woman by the well who who really should have been rejected by the world standards. But what does Jesus do? Jesus goes up to her, a woman that should be rejected, and he makes a choice to speak to her. Someone who conquered death chooses me. Someone who conquered death chooses you. And so that makes me feel, guess what? I'm going to be all right. I'm going to be all right. You know, there's so many things that happen in the world that frighten us, scare us, make us fear this, that, and the other. But guess what? I'm going to be all right. Because Jesus conquered death, and he chose me. So I'm going to be all right. What do I have to fear? You know, Jesus is is typically, I, I bet he's saying, you know, don't worry, rest easy. Don't worry about if you will be able to finish. Because what you will see is that one of their, one of, what you're going to see later is that one of their best friends is going to betray Jesus. Well, we already saw that. They're going to see their master bleeding from a cross. They're, they're going to see the mockery of a crown of thorns upon his head. They're going to see some some things where one of the closest ones says, I don't even know him. Confusion and insecurity. And Jesus is trying to reassure them that, you know, your goal is to bear fruit that will last. And there are going to be people that will start this journey that will wonder, can I finish this journey I'm about to embark on? And the answer is an unequivocal yes. Not because of our ability. Not because we got it going on. Not because we got that butter jump shot. I, I thought that I had, right? Not because we're, not because we're 
with all that. But because of who has chosen us to be on their team. He has chosen you to be on his team. Jesus Christ. It is not about us. It's not about our ability to produce fruit. It is about Jesus and his ability to finish what he started. And he chooses the proper team every time. Chooses the winning team every time. Where he has chosen, in his case, these disciples, but also you. Jesus says, I got you. He says, I got you. The fruit is about being good Christians, having good Christian character, but built into having good Christian character and living the right life as a disciple is making disciples as well. And they go hand in hand. Now, bearing fruit and being a good Christian character is possible because Jesus, what? Chose you. Can't do it without him. We know this to be true because of what Jesus accomplished on the cross. And what's interesting is that when he was saying this to them, they had no idea. But we do. We do. We see what he accomplished on the, on the cross. Who are the people you choose to share your faith with? Who are the people that you choose to share the gospel with? Are they a certain type or persuasion? Are they a certain status? Do you have this criteria of who you choose to share the gospel with? You know, Jesus can and will fulfill his promise that because he chose me, because he chose you, I can, you can, be fruit that will last. But why did he choose me? Why did he choose you? Why did he choose us? He chose, he chose us because, and he chose you because you are loved. Deuteronomy 7, 6 through 8, it says, For you are a people holy to the Lord your God. The Lord your God has chosen you out of all the peoples on the face of the earth to be his people, his treasured possession. The Lord did not set his affection on you and, and choose you because you were more numerous than the other peoples, for you were the fewest of all the peoples. But it was because the Lord loved you and kept the oath he swore to your ancestors that he brought you out with a mighty hand and redeemed you from the land of slavery, from the power of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. Many of us, sometimes we feel enslaved. God loves you. It's also because we are, we're chosen, because we're chosen, no enemy or accusation can affect us. Romans 8, 31, it says, What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? 
He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. How will he not also? How will he not also, along with, along with, along with him, graciously give us all things? Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who then is the one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus who died, more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Because we are chosen. As it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No. No. In all these things we are more than conquerors. Through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Why? Again, because we are chosen. The other reason is we're chosen in accordance with God's pleasure. He is pleased. Ephesians 1, 4 through 5 and 11 through 14, it says, For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will. In him, we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will, in order that we, who were the first to put our hope in Christ, might be for the praise of his glory. And you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of the truth the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked in him with a seal. So you were chosen and sealed. The promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. God chose us for what? His glory. 
God chose each and every one of us in here for His glory. That is something that should make you walk out of here feeling confident and great about yourselves. Almighty chose us because He loves us. Because He, ch he, because he chose us where there be no accusation or enemy, where no accusation or enemy has a chance. And we get to be a part of the praise of his glory. This is remarkably uplifting and encourages me that I can be fruit that lasts. If you ever feel discouraged, if you ever feel like, man, can I do this like those disciples probably felt? This should really encourage you that you can be fruit that lasts. Why? Because you were chosen. Jesus says, I chose you. I chose you. I chose you. I chose you to be fruit that will last. Not just to be fruit. Because there's a lot of fruits on trees. Some of them rot, they wither. But he says that you are going to last. During the next few weeks, we will examine how God helps us to bear much fruit that lasts. And what is our part in this magnificent process. And next week, we're, we will look at how God's vision is not only to bear fruit, but much fruit. And to God be the glory. Amen. Guys, can we give him another hand? That was, man. Thank you.